Okay, so I'm going to go through about 20 minutes um, of something, and then we're going to discuss for 20 minutes in groups, okay? So uh, stick with me for about 20 minutes, and then we'll, we'll go through it. Um, we've been talking at this conference about mission and going outside, and you're more, and all those things. That's important that we do mission outside, but to be honest with you, well, before we do that, I just want to say the mission outside actually starts from, from this. What's the reason we go outside? Is that eventually we want to connect with the community outside, but to bring them back into the church and connect them with God himself, right? So I just want to keep that goal in mind because sometimes they go, well, we go outside, go to all nations, but what's the point? Is to go there to connect them, we connect with them so they can connect them with, with him. That being said, we're not going to start outside, but we start inside. That's what this is about today, inside the walls. Like, how do we get ready for what's going to happen out there? Yes, we want our church to do mission and be open for the community and connect with them and connect them back to the church and back to Christ. Yes, that's all good, but it begins inside the walls. There's work for us to do. There's something for us to do inside first to prepare us for outside. So let's get into that together. Part of the work inside is the first thing I want to say is that we need to faithfully live out our Orthodox faith. Now, I know that sounds like such a big statement, but I don't think if my car is broken, I can't go and tell you to fix your car, right? Like, if I don't know how to cook, I can't tell you, like, this is how you do it. Like, I got I to gotta, I gotta take care of myself first before I can go say, hey, Guys, you need to do this, and we should, you should know, love Jesus. Wait a minute. Do I? Do we? Like, I think there's, there's a journey for us here to live out our Orthodox faith. By the way, it's, I'm saying here Orthodox faith because I don't... Sometimes I wonder if we even really practice genuinely our walk with God through the church. <clears throat> so, it's important for us, yes, to understand the liturgical life and, and the sacramental life. But we must live it out. So in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, it says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. How are we inside the walls? We're holding on, we're learning, we're understanding, and we're living out our faith. A mistake I made when I first went to Zambia the first two or three years in Zambia, one of the mistakes I made was trying to go there and say, Wait a minute, I think the liturgy is too long for them. I think the Igbeya, that's kind of hard for them. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to make it easy for them. Midnight praises, that's, just, that's a bonus. There's no way. So I was thinking, like, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking how to help them to live it out. Even me live it out there with them. So I started trying to find out ways to cut things. And I, I discovered something so amazing that they loved those things probably even more than I did. <laughs> And they loved it, and they practiced it, and they were excited about it. So I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think we're afraid what people might say about our church, and I understand that. But if we live it out, if, if you enjoy something, people are going to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, how are you going to tell anybody, by the way, come, but it's long a little bit. It's a bit long, right? You, you, we have to enjoy it. We have to live it. We have to, to practice it before we can say, hey, guys, come over here. Okay? So that, that's like the first thing is how to live out our orthodox faith. We can't help people who are drowning if we don't know how to swim. That's the bottom line. 
So we need to learn how to faithfully live out our Orthodox faith. And to be honest with you, you want to know the greatest mission strategy? What's the greatest mission strategy? The most impact I can make out there is my sanctified life. I know it sounds different than you're probably expecting, but my work in my Orthodox faith and my journey and being sanctified and being transformed is the best mission strategy out there. When I go out there, I'll be more gentle, more kind, more loving. We kept saying in the session with His Eminence, we should be a loving, welcoming church. You can't push a button for that. You push a button, I'm loving now, I'm loving and welcoming. No, it doesn't happen. It's something that happens over time when I'm touching Christ. Is that true? So we have to live out our Orthodox faith. We have to work on our own sanctification because the sanctified life is the one that can change the people outside. Okay? So keep that in mind. And actually, um, St. Seraphim of Seraph said, Acquire the spirit of peace and a thousand souls around you will be saved. As we acquire, as we grow in our life with God, thousands of souls around us will be saved. As our transformation is happening by the acquiring of the spirit of God, thousands of souls around you will be saved. That means it's natural. When you grow, if we grow in our life with God, if we're growing and living out our faith, the people around us will naturally grow as well. So when we, before we say, let's go outside the walls and let's do this and let's do this and let's do this, first things first, let me live out my faith. Let me learn how to swim. Let me learn how to fix my own car. And before I can go and, and tell somebody about theirs. I know this is, 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 is something that we know is common, but it's true. When we go out there, we always say this statement, but we never believe it and we never practice it. Only gospel someone might ever read is... It's you. You might be the only gospel. When they see you, they see your life. That might be the only God. They might not read the Bible. They might not understand God. But they will understand you. They understand you. They understand me. So we have to keep that in mind. So number one is, is, is we have to take time to really love our faith, live out our faith. By the way, we make a mistake sometimes. We say, let's understand our theology of the church. It's good. But living it is the way to understand it. It's the fullness of understanding something. Yes, learn theology, learn about your faith, learn but practicing and enjoying it and loving it. So when you go out there and say, hey guys, I got, I got something here. I got something here you need. It's helped me. There was somebody in the other session talking about they were, they were healed by our church. It was a really touching session just now that we just had. And he said, I was touched. I was changed by the church. I think that's it. So we have to be transformed truly so that we can be alike. So that's the first one inside the walls. The second one inside the walls is we have to have a different mindset of celebrating our diversity. With the disciples, I want you to tell me a disciple, and I want you to tell me his personality and his job. Okay, any disciple, the 12, let's start with the 12. Tell me a name of a disciple, his personality, and his job title. Okay, go, give me one. Any of the 12? Okay, so what was his personality? Who said it? He was? And very impulsive. What was his job title? Okay, but now tell me his brother. What was his personality? James. His brother was quiet and gentle. And, and uh, Andrew, Andrew was very opposite of Peter. Actually, just, whatever Peter was, opposite. Okay? So even with brothers, they were, they were same job, fishermen, but totally different personality. Okay, give me another disciple. Luke. Luke, okay, one of the 70. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You're still in the 70, so we're cool. What was his personality? He was a what? What was his job? He, he was a physician, but he was very skeptical. Yeah, very, very uh, deep, like wanted to 
Exactly. Very good. Thank you for bringing it up. I didn't even think about him. That's a great one. What else? John. Okay. John he used to be called... Everybody loved John. John the Beloved. But you know what his name before was John the Beloved? It was John the what? Son of what? Sons of Zebedee, but sons of something else. Thunder. 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 <laughs> you know, he wanted the lightning to come down on them before he was oh, the beloved. Yeah, before he but I'm saying, look at the personality. One time he wants the lightning to come, and then he became the beloved. Right? What about Matthew? The tax collector. Anybody watch Chosen? Yes. Yeah. So Matthew's different, right? I'm not saying Chosen is the Bible scripture, but it's... Right? If you've never watched the show Chosen, it shows like the personality of the disciples. But my point... Okay, what about Simon the Zealot? Does anybody know his... his what was he focused on? He was for the government, Roman government or against? What do you think? He was against. What was Matthew? For it. He was like working, like as a tax collector, you're pretty much with the Roman government. How did they get along? Love of God. Yeah. Like, yeah. my point is, like, that's what I want to say. The disciples themselves, different personalities, different jobs, different, almost different culture, different belief system. They figured it out. God in the center. Like, you know what we have to do inside the walls of the church? We got to do this. We got to celebrate differences, different personalities. If we're only going to go to people who look like us and talk like us, that's not going to work. Because that's not what the disciples themselves weren't like that. So why should we be like that? Okay? So I think right here is how to celebrate different cultures, different race, different nationalities, different, right? And, and when Christ is in the center, like someone said, he's going to make it all work. Right? We should be proud of who we are. We have an STSA church in Virginia uh, in, in the location I'm at. There, of course, there's Egyptian, Ethiopian, Eritrean. Um, there's Bolivian, Colombian, Palestinian, Romanian. So, I mean, that's just like one, one, one. It's not like hundreds of them, which I know sounds... <laughs> Before you say, wow, we, we, we wish it was more. <laughs> but my point is, <clears throat> I notice how they get along together. And they love each other and they support each other. And I think that I love seeing that. It can work. And I think that we have to, in our heart, be able to celebrate diversity. And this is one of my favorite verses about diversity. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. I would say this verse, if you continue, there's neither this color or that color, or this culture or this culture. So this verse is universal for every single difference. Uh, different types of people that we have coming into our church. So, before I go out and mission out and bring them in, we got to ask ourselves an honest question. Do I look at people of a different education level, different status, different cultures, different whatever, differently? Do I need to look at them with God, the eyes of God? Do I look at them as one in Christ? Do I, like, something big, big in Northern Virginia now, and it's always been like this in this area of Northern Virginia, is Republican versus Democrat. I don't know if it's like big like that in this area, but it's huge. It's like, like the Republicans are strong and the Democrats, and then they look at each other and they're like, there's a chance for the church to explode because of this topic over there in Northern Virginia. But somehow, like what Anthony always says this nicely, he says, people always think I'm on their side. They say that they think I'm Democrat and the other one says thinks I'm Republican. You know why? Because he does a great job to love and welcome and make sure everyone is like, like, so there is different political affiliations. There is different personalities. There is different jobs. There is different cultures. There is different... And the list goes on and on. In order for our church to really go outside the walls, it starts inside with living on our faith and truly celebrating the diversity that we have. When I see diversity, I get excited. 
Like it reminds me of Zambia. During Holy Week, we say, Thine is a power in English, Nyanja, Arabic, Coptic, and Amharic. We say it in five languages. And we say each one of them slowly, I think twice. We don't do like the 12, because we just take it slowly. And everybody, guess what? Sings everybody's language. It's not like when the Egyptian team comes up, I'm only waiting for the Arabic and Coptic. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> right? And the Zambians, they do all of them. The Ethiopians do all of them. The Egyptians, like, it's, it's, we're, we're together. And during the feast in, in Zambia, we have Ethiopians sing their songs, and we sing it with them. And when the Egyptians sing songs, we sing with, like, it's, you get my point. That's the way the church is. Every culture that's out there, American, Egyptian, Ethiopian, Bolivian, whatever it is, we celebrate all of them. If we have that mentality, we're doing our part inside the walls. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. The last one, because I want discussion. Understand and connect to our community. I think this is a big one. And what I mean is, what is community? Community are the people that you meet with every day. The people that you see that are not part of the church, but you meet them at work or the grocery store or your neighborhood. Or like if you have family or children, the, they're at school, the parents, like whatever. It's, it's your community that you see throughout your week. We need to understand and connect with them. Now, Amber Yusuf said this earlier. He said, when we talk about connecting, we don't connect with them in the way that would hurt us, but we connect with them to build friendships. Because, let me ask you a question, most of the people you know, and I said this to someone the other day, most of the people I know are the people who are in the Coptic Church. How am I supposed to reach my faith to people outside the walls into different places? If I don't even know them, I need to understand and connect with people who are not part of the church. That sounds daunting. No, no, I have to protect myself. Yeah, protect yourself. But who's going to bring the light and the faith to them? So I want another mentality change is we need to understand the people around us in our community and we need to connect with them in order to bring Christ to them. That could be understanding culture, language, lingo, foods, whatever, even sports, whatever. Um, Again, not to keep bringing up Zambia, but when I first went there to understand them, I made a big mistake. I started bringing my American mindset to Zambia. What's the American mindset? When I would shake their hands, I would shake their hands like a normal way. Do you know how they shake hands? They don't shake hands normally. They go like this, like this, and like this. So if I insisted to shake hands the way I want to shake hands and not learn them, then I'm missing a chance to connect with them. This is the people I'm living now with. Their food. They have something called chima. It's like a flour that's made hard and it's like their bread like okay that's fine you do it your your food and there's language i had to learn the language I had to eat the food I had to learn the handshake i had to learn lingo there football is not football football is soccer and that's the rest of the world by the way not just, we're the only ones we're the only ones that are off on this one sorry about that i know we i love football american football but my point is I had to learn when they said football. I said, you know football? You know like the, the Washington Redskins the time? And they said, no, we, it's Zambian Chopolo Polo. We know Chopolo Polo. I was like, what? So anyways, the, I had to understand the football team. I had to understand. My point is also something I made a mistake is that the way the culture is there is that they like small talk when you first meet them. 
For me, I, 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 I don't want small talk. I want to like, hey, let's talk about what we need to get done. I'm more of like task. But there, you can't be task-oriented. If you are, you got to hold that. You got to hold, like I was holding my breath a lot of times. Like I meet with the, the priest and they would say, I would say, um, I would say good morning at least. Good morning. <laughs> we got to get one, two, three, four done. They're like, no, 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 no. Abuna, how's your family? They're doing fine. Don't worry, don't worry. Let's get back to the... <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. How is Josiah and Mary Grace? And how is... And, and they would want to talk for 20, 30 minutes over tea. And every time you meet with them, I'm like, I'm burning inside. I want to get something done. I had to learn over time. That's their culture. I have to just say, okay, put my tasks away and just like connect with them, understand them, sit with them. That was so important for me to figure out. Because, and that's the same that you have to do here. And we have to do here. We have to... Listen to people. Not just talk, but listen and understand the people around us so we can connect with them so eventually we can connect them back to him. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I'm just saying that's what we lack here and that's why there's, a lack, there's, that's why there's more anxiety and depression here yeah. due to the lack of connectedness. Like, we yeah. lack that here. I agree. It's just slowing down, talking, yes. feeling each other's feelings. And yeah. Now we don't, people don't feel like they have any, that nobody can listen to them. They yeah. feel isolated and lonely. Yeah. Even in our community. And that's the biggest thing I've seen since I came back. Problem. Yeah, I came back, so now I'm living that way for 14 years. And I'm coming back, I'm like, there's no one to talk to. I want to talk to somebody. So I'm like, I've learned that behavior. And coming here, I can't find... Because you're right, there's, there's not much of that. The it's way America's, America's set up that way where we can't... But we have to figure that out. We have to find a way to understand and connect with the people. Even to the point there, I love that we would eat each other's food. Like the Zambians would bring their shima. And the Ethiopians will bring injere, and then um, the Egyptians will bring mulakheya or something, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> but, every, but everyone, they would first, the first few times, they're like, what is that? What is that? The next few times, they couldn't wait to eat together. I'm telling you the truth. Like, so in the beginning, it's foreign, but after a while, people really connected. Um, and I'm trying to figure that out again, coming back to America, how to connect with my neighbor, how to connect with, uh, I just recently got an injury in my Achilles tendon, and I'm I have a physical therapist and a big team. And I'm, trying to talk, I'm trying to talk to the people around me because I realized something very evident. I don't have friends outside of the Coptic community. And I know that God wants me to, to love and shepherd the community that I have. I understand that. But there's people out there that we need to also connect with. And I'm not saying connect with them to, to hurt ourselves, but connect with them to drink tea together or chat together or build friendships together that we can use that to bring them what we have. And I think that's important in our journey. And even, by the way, St. Paul did that here in 1 Corinthians 9. For though I am free of all men, I made myself a slave to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under law, I became as one under law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being without law towards God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become, here's the key, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. We got to connect so we can get them to him. And I think that Metropolitan Yusuf said something in the other room that I would say in a different way. He said it beautifully, but I'll just say it in a different way that we have three kind of options here, and he said it in a different way, but I'll just say it the way that, that I learned it, is that we have as a church a chance inside the walls to prepare ourselves to isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, 
and they're outside and we're protecting ourselves, we have a chance of domination. So it's isolation. Domination, domination is like we're inside, but the people outside in this world, in this culture, is the worst and they're bad and we're kind of like condemning the culture around us. And what Christ, of course, did was his incarnation, which is he became to dwell among us, right? He's dwelling among us. And you can tell in his mission, he would dwell among the people. And that's the approach that I think our church needs to have. And I think sometimes we go into isolation and domination mode, but really we need to be incarnational. Um, again, what's the goal is to connect with the community so we can connect them to Christ. But it goes back to the beginning. I need to live out my faith. I need to grow and, and, and may God transform us in our journey so I can be ready to love and welcome those outside. I have to celebrate diversity. There's so much differences. I have to change this mind to say, no, I, I have to love and welcome every kind and not have any partiality in my heart to any different specific group. Um, and eventually, we want to understand and connect with the community so we can connect back to him. And remember, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. There's work for us to do inside the walls so we can be ready to go outside. Not just to go outside, for the people to come back in. If they come back in, is our church ready? Is our church ready for when they do enter? And I think that's what we need to talk about in the discussion group. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Any questions before we kind of break? We're going to go deeper with the questions now. But any, any thoughts before I, before I let you go in the groups?